CrossFit Madeira podcast. Take one. Welcome everyone once again to another episode of the CrossFit Madeira podcast. Let me get myself in frame. Today I'm joined by... Priscilla Ramirez. Hey, hey, how you doing? Good. Just finished up a 9 a.m. workout. How was that workout? It was good. Good, good, or good, like, ugh? Uh, ugh, because it was 30 <laughs> minutes, but good, because it was definitely a great workout, so. That's awesome, that's yeah. awesome. We got to talking a little bit about, you know, um, a couple of stories of yours uh, mm-hmm. after the workout, specifically how hard the sit-ups were today. So for anybody listening who, on this day of recording, April 21st, yeah, I know because yesterday was 420. Oh, I'm sure yeah. you, I'm sure you know too. <laughs> probably had to, you know, I wasn't confiscate some stuff. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> but um yeah, April 21st, 2021. Uh today's workout was a 30 minute AMRAP, as many rounds as possible, 20 kettlebell swings, 30 sit-ups, 40 uh jump ropes, either single unders or double unders. And everybody Unanimously voted the sit-ups is the worst movement today. Yes. And you were saying that there's why why were they so hard for you today? Uh well, you know, I've had two kids, so that's like one of my biggest uh struggles, I guess you could say, is mm-hmm. uh ab workouts. Um after you have kids or, or go through a pregnancy or a natural or I had a my second was a cesarean, so after going through those, it does a lot of obviously damage to your muscles. So having to restore those muscles is obviously very difficult. And over time, you know, you, you work out and you think you've built that muscle up, but needless to say, after doing another workout, you're like, okay, maybe I'm not as strong as my core and my core as I thought I was. So, but I think you probably do have a strong core. It's just, we tax the shit out of it today. Oh yeah, definitely. Absolutely. You were saying that um, so for also people who don't know, Priscilla is a police officer here, right? Yeah. Okay. Because um, so I was like, is it or or she works? Yeah, it's Awesome, awesome. Um, but you were saying the police academy had you doing a bunch, a ton of abs. Oh, yeah. We did so many abs. It was insane. Like, again, I went in, I trained here before um, I went into the police academy and Oh my gosh, that helped me so much because in the academy, that's basically what we do is CrossFit workouts or, mm. you know, you do hits. So um, it definitely helped me prepare for it. Um, but once you get there, obviously, it's even more intense than what your expectation was. Um, and so I would, we did so many ab workouts, so many sit ups, uh, and like literally to the point where I'd have to go home and ice my abs because it hurt so bad. Yikes. I like felt like my abs were ripping is what it felt like. So, um, but yeah, so when we got into, you and I had gotten into talking about that, I'm like, well, I, yeah, I came into the, I came, started here when I was eight weeks postpartum with my daughter. And you're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of wild. That's similar to my sister working out now. Cause my sister just had her first child oh, okay. and, um, she, she's working out, but she's not doing the stuff that we're doing. Oh. So that's why I'm like, whoa, to start CrossFit eight weeks postpartum, that's kind of nutty, man. It was. It was craziness. Um, I remember doing um, uh, box jumps, and uh, I did my first box jump, and my legs literally gave out. Like, 
they were jello because I mean, for eight weeks, you know, you're right not doing much of anything. Yeah, you know, you're obviously doing your daily routine of getting up, moving around, taking care of the baby, and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. I wasn't working out by any means. So when I came in, I tried. Oh yeah, I'm good to go. You know, I had lost all the weight, so I'm like, I'm good to go. I went to go do a box jump and like ate it. Legs oh really? Gave out. Oh man. Yeah. You jack up your yeah. shin? Um, no. Thank God it was coming. It was when I was coming down. So like when I went to go land. Oh. So I got up. I was like, oh yeah, I'm good to go. That's and almost then worse. Came down and I like just gave out. So you landed like on your butt. Um, no, I landed forward on my knees. Like I landed on my legs and then my knees, I mean, my legs just gave out and I landed, like came forward. And oh, I... so you're jumping over the box. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I thought you were coming down backwards. Oh, no, no. Cause that's how you could like fuck up your Achilles. Oh, I out. bet. And that, that's a tough injury to come back from. I know people who can't squat. Um, I shouldn't say I know people. I know of people. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've been around people who cannot squat with their heels on the ground and I would coach them to, Hey, get your heels on the ground. They're like, dude, I can't. Like I had a, could like, uh, I had my Achilles removed. Oh my God. Yeah. Due to, due to some sort of circumstance, like, and it's just not like a stable ligament for them anymore. Mm -hmm. So I think when it comes to CrossFit injuries, everybody gets super scared about like, Oh, what if like you hit yourself with the bar or like there's there's a ton of videos out there oh yeah that scare the shit out of people yeah but my biggest fear is something small like that like when i hear stories about like yeah i, I came down uh from a i don't know what have you like a like a jump rope like i was jumping rope i came down on my heel a little bit too hard and like my acl gave out or whatever i i don't know I, I have a ton of friends who have stories like that. Uh, thank God I haven't done any of that. Yeah, I haven't. That I know of, I've never pulled anything, broke, never broken anything. Nothing I have, here. I have hurt my shins really bad doing box jumps before. And mm. oh my gosh, I thought I was going to die. That it's hurt so bad. <laughs> oh, just the thought of it makes me get the chills. Was that your worst CrossFit injury? Probably. I didn't or, realize. or burning the shit out of your ankle when you're coming down from the ropes. I was just going to say, that's my worst one. That one hurts. I had a bruise uh, doing them last week when we had that time that we were working on. Yeah. You know, I was just going to say, like, I probably shouldn't bring up, like, injuries and stuff on, like, a <laughs> podcast meant to promote the gym. But in the, um, in the issue... It's trial and error. Yeah, it's trial and error. Yeah. And I, I want to be transparent. Yeah, absolutely. Like, You're definitely going to get injuries, but mm -hmm. I feel like it's so rewarding once you overcome something that you worked or that was, a, I guess, a weakness and you overcame and you're like, I don't care about the scar I have or the burn mark I have on my leg. I yeah. did it, you know? Battle wounds. Exactly. It's totally worth it. Absolutely. And I think you have to have the mentality if you're going to go into the line of work that you're in. It's like you can't really care too much mm -hmm. about you know, what if this happens? What if that happens? The anxiety can't be there if you're going to perform correctly, if you're going to do your job the way you should do your mm -hmm. job. And same thing here. I mean, to a much lesser degree, I can't have stage fright. 
talking to people. Oh yeah. I have to I have to be out in front of people. <laughs> you know? I I don't get away from it. Yeah. So what's one of the things you feel like you've overcome here and at work? Let's talk about that. Um how do I word this? Um I guess it is more of it is, it is a sense of fear, but it's more of I guess doubt. Mm-hmm. less than it is fear um you doubt yourself you know i'm like oh i'm a mom of two i've been through two pregnancies um you know i'm almost 30 and you start to doubt yourself and then you get here and your coaches are like f that you're badass like you can do it let's just keep pushing you know and the motivation here is oh i mean i feel like that's one of the biggest reasons why i keep coming out yeah the workouts are great you know what i mean but the train and the training is awesome but the motivation and the people that are here every day inspiring you and even will randomly text you and be like, hey, I know you're doing this today. Good luck. Good job. You know, we're here for you. You know, and I've told many coaches like what my goals are within my department and they're always, let's do it. Let's go. When are we training? You know what I mean? So I could honestly say that being here has really prepared me for when I went into the academy um and has helped me overall within my career and I think will definitely help me meet those goals and aspirations within my department that are of physical fitness and you know just that mental state that mental strength that I need to get through it so yeah cool yeah that's great great to hear love these people I uh I think that's something I don't think about too often is too often I get like the average Joe or, you know, somebody who works a desk job that I'm like, oh, all I care about you, dude, is you being healthy. You know, I want you walking out of here. Okay. You know, being able to walk a flight of stairs. I forget that I'm also training people like you who are going into a job where, no, you guys are going to need that push. Mm -hmm. You guys are going to need that high intensity to feel that adrenaline and get acclimated to that. That's a really good point to make. Uh, how long were you here before you went to the police academy? Um, well, let's see. I think my daughter was almost, almost she was two. She was two when I went to the academy. So two years, a year and a half, mm. almost two years. Oh, no, wow. it was two years because I came in here eight weeks after she was born. So two years, I uh, went into the police academy uh, came back obviously afterwards, so I've been here back. I think I just took off that one year that I was in the police academy because mm-hmm. it was just too much Rough. to do. Yeah, we. So, I don't think that would be fair to ask of someone to say, "Hey, do the police academy and also do these CrossFit workouts." Well, I would workouts. try. Like I would come in on Saturdays. Yeah. Or like when we would have late days over there, I'd try to come in in the morning. Uh, it's. I. I feel like it wasn't more. Or it wasn't so much, oh, I want to go in and get a workout in. A lot of it was, hey, I want to go see my friends. You know, I want to go yeah. see my family, you know. Mm-hmm. And it did. It becomes like a home here. I tell people all the time, my kids are always, they do whatever they want here, you know. <laughs> like, True. You know, uh, Chris in, cross, or in uh, martial arts, like, hey, come join the class. I'm like, okay. Look, going on the mat, you know, and they do, they're always just 
they love being here. And so that makes it easier for me as a mom because they want to be here too. So I'm like, great, let's go, you know? Yeah. So when I get home and my daughter finds out that I was here without her, she's probably going to be really upset. But <laughs> <laughs> What are certain like physical standards that you have to continue to meet at work that the workouts here kind of help you out with? Um, I would definitely say endurance. Mm -hmm. um, I mean... The weight in itself, yeah, is definitely helpful, like moving up in weight um, and stuff like that. I have almost 30 pounds of gear that I wear for four or five days out of the week. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, I would say, definitely just say the endurance, you know, doing those high-intensity interval trainings that consist of heavy weight. It's like, okay, I'm going to use this 45 kettlebell because – or 35 pound kettlebell because I have 30 pounds a year and that's kind of equivalent to that. So I'm doing, you know, putting as much strength and energy out there while also carrying that gear that I normally carry every day. Do you ever feel like, like our rest days are helpful to kind of recover from work as well? Cause we have a lot of days where we do go hard, but we also have plenty of days where the workout is literally, we're going to stretch, we're going to do, a little bit of running, light run, or we're going to stretch and we're going to cycle on the bike on and off nice and light. <clears throat> Those light days are supposed to be recovery days from the workouts, but how do they feel for you who you're not just coming in from hard workouts at a desk job? Like I said earlier, you're coming in from hard workouts and hard manual labor. Um, they're nice, like on the day. I mean, I don't know, definitely don't come every day that I work. I try to come, but it's obviously difficult when you work yeah. 12 hour shifts and then having to come home and still do your duties as a mom, you know? And so, um, when we do get those days and they happen to correlate with my work schedule, I mean, it's obviously nice cause I'm like, Oh good. Cause I did not want to go out there and run no 800 meters, <laughs> you know? So that is nice too, to just come in and be like, okay, I still got a good workout in. Or I got some good stretching in, so mobility in. So, yeah, that's definitely nice, too. And you keep touching on this point that um, I want to phone in on now. Uh, how does it feel knowing that you're a young, healthy mom, being able to kind of interact with your kids? Because a lot of people, I think, take that for granted. I had that growing up. My parents worked a lot, but they were both pretty young and healthy when I was growing up. But I know a lot of people whose parents were already older and did not really maintain any sort of physical fitness mm -hmm. as they were growing up. So literally like we'd go over and it was like, how come you and your dad never played catch? And it's like, well, dude, he can't. It's like tired. he can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Work, you know, um, that's huge for me. Honestly, anybody who knows me knows I always have my kids. My kids are my number one, um, those are my babies. People laugh at me because I always say that every time they see me like, oh, my babies. Yeah, those are my babies. But um, it's nice because after working 12 hours, most most people do. They, I mean, we talk about this at work all the time. It's like, I'm going to go home and go straight to sleep. It's like, uh, no, I can't go home and go straight to sleep, you know? So being able to work out and coaches here giving you pointers as far as eating and staying healthy and, you know, things that you should drink and, you know, how much you should drink or whatever the case may be as far as it goes to physical fitness, that helps me because it helps me give, it helps give me energy where I'm, I'm good with four or five hours of sleep, you know? So just for example, yesterday I got off at seven in the morning, 
I work nights. So got off at 7 in the morning, had to go to court for about two hours, got home at about 9.30, almost 10 o'clock, um, showered, slept till I slept from like 10.30 to 1.30, got up, went to some appointments, you know, got home, went to dinner with my kids, went and hung out with my family and my brother. And um, I was able to, I'm able to have that energy to say I'm good to go off of four hours, yeah. you know. And obviously that's not healthy, but um, on the days when I'm going on to my off days, that helps me be able to stay up and awake with them and not waste that whole day because, you know, obviously most people have their Friday and then they're off for X amount of days Mm and a full day, you know. And so I don't want to have to lose that day because I want to be able to spend that day with my family and my kids. Yeah, I'm sure that's a big refresher being able to come home to your husband, your son and your daughter and get that downtime with them and not only have that downtime but have that little spare energy left to like hey why don't we go to the park yeah why don't we do something Mm -hmm. how important is it for you um and dylan because i know he's really Mm -hmm. active too how important is it for you guys to keep the kids active and make sure that everybody in the family is accustomed to kind of moving around like that oh i mean it's very important to us i'm on the days that i mean during the weekdays we're here sometimes three times a day, you know, because yeah. we'll come in. I'll come in for martial arts. I mean, sorry, CrossFit in the morning at nine. Camille is with me. Um, and then we'll come back like five thirty, six o'clock because, you know, Nicholas has soccer. And then we'll go home, eat dinner, and we'll come back from martial arts at 745. So sometimes we're here all day long. And that's the biggest thing for me is they see us doing it. It's not yeah. like, hey, go, you need to go to soccer practice or, hey, you need to go to dance practice. It's, mm. okay, we're all going to go together and we do all go together. Leading by example. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and just like, I mean, you've seen Camille all, you know, yeah. all the time coming in. And she she won't sit the, still. Yeah. Grabs the five pound kettlebell and starts mm. doing kettlebell swings or, you know, grabs the, um, the I can't think of the word, the, the pipes. The, oh, uh, the PVC pipes. PVC pipes, thanks. Grabs those and she's trying to do power cleans and squats. So she definitely sees it and obviously Nicholas sees it too. So, and they're my, I mean, there's been times when I've been in here. Uh, I just posted one the other day, you know, I'm in here and I'm like ready to give up. And out of nowhere, you know, your kids are just like, go mom, go, let's go mom, you know, and cheering you on. So they see it, they know it's not easy. And I just hope to always instill that in them, you know, that hard work, that dedication and perseverance. Yeah. And and that's great. That's I think part of what the whole vibe is here because I mean Absolutely. you can't get that really anywhere else. You can't take first of all, you can't really take your kids to Planet Fitness oh, with yeah. you. <laughs> I always feel like this is the <laughs> on Planet Fitness podcast. I'm not <laughs> on you if you go to Planet Fitness. If that's what's comfortable for you, Mazel tov. Good for you. All I'm doing is hyping my gym up. That's yeah, all I'm absolutely. doing. Um, but also, I think it's kind of cool and really interesting that, because again, I'm not shitting on anyone. <laughs> my mom and dad didn't get a chance to really put my sister and I in anything. And they didn't do a lot because they were always working. Mm-hmm. I think it's great that you and Dylan don't just work. You guys also come here and you bring the kids and it's like, all right, watch me do this mm-hmm. and you're going to do that. Um you guys are jumping into like the deep end of the pool though. Like I said, you're not taking them to some bodybuilding gym where it's like, sit there, watch me do these curls for like 30 minutes. Yeah. Then I'm going to rest and then you're going to watch me do 30 more curls. Mm-hmm. You're like, 
sit there, watch me climb this big ass rope, <laughs> jump over this freaking box, eat shit, yeah. get on that bike and run. <laughs> and and let somebody choke me out, you yeah. know? <laughs> At the end of the day. You feel like they're growing up fearless? Because I know Camila has no fear oh, in here. Oh, absolutely none. Yeah. Absolutely none. <laughs> no, Nicholas Nicholas is the same too. No fear whatsoever. Like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. What do we do next, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, getting into that family aspect, I mean, when I first started here and Camila was a baby, um, I mean, Bo would be walking around with her in his arms, like trying to get her, you know, to calm down or feeding her while I'm finishing my work. You know, keep going. Keep working out. I got her. She's going to eat right now. She's fine, you know? Like, that's why I say they've grown up here, you know, like it is family here, mm-hmm. you know, they've known these people. Camila's literally known these people since birth, yeah. you know, so um, and then Bo and everybody else here is really big on, you know, family. Chris is big on family and Alicia is big on family. So, yeah. you know, just the different events that we've had. I remember, you know, when we would have Friday Night Lights, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So much fun. So much fun. Um, just coming and working out. It's like, all right, bringing out the beer after working out, you know, yeah. having potlucks. Those are the days. Oh, man. Especially during summer, you'd get the bounce house out here. Kids love it. Like, it's just so much. It was so, or it is so much fun being here. That's why I, I've been asking everybody this question because we just got out of the COVID year. The COVID year hit us hard, especially oh, yeah. because we used to do a whole lot of community events. Mm-hmm. We used to, the only reason I know how to golf is because we had a golf tournament. <laughs> so I only know how to golf because of this place. You can't get my can't get golf fucking... training at Planet Fitness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you can't get my like middle class, like um, blue collar ass on a golf course without, you know, a job like this, mm-hmm. without a job that opens up that opportunity. How did that COVID year kind of hit you in the sense of like, you know, not being able to come here to the gym or just not being able to live life normally, especially with the kids, you know, kids are restless, Mm -hmm. especially your kids, they're high energy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, It was rough. Uh, I was still able to work out, so that was nice, but it was one of those things where I would literally have to force myself to work out because you don't get the energy at your house that you do here at the gym with, you know, your friends and different people that you get to know. So I feel like that was the biggest aspect for me. Yeah, I, I was a much harder mentally because it's like you have to do it. You There is no option for you. You have to do it, you know. So just going into my garage and working out or wherever, um, you obviously miss this place a lot more. It makes you really appreciate having a gym and, you know, a gym like this. Yeah, So 100%. And going into this as comfortably as you feel, you know, comfortably speaking about it. Um, how was it for you and Dylan as police officers last year? Um, I'd say Dylan got more uh, or had more difficult time with it than I did. Uh, we had a, our schedule was really nice. Um, I won't say what the schedule was. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was really nice. Uh, to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go back to work. I need to go to work. It's too many days off. Um, but there was, I don't, I don't know how to, I mean, as far as police work goes, the crime is pretty consistent. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, people don't care. If there's... Mm-hmm. 
the virus know, in the air virus going on so um work was still pretty steady still lots of calls for service mm -hmm. you know still out there taking calls and stuff um people still want to fight you so true <laughs> they don't care how close they get to you yeah. you know like sir six feet <laughs> negative but yeah dylan's uh schedule stayed pretty much the same so i felt like with his he's staying on a regular schedule the kids being home all the time and me on a different schedule like it was a lot for our family but we get through it you know that's good no it's good that you guys got through it like everybody else because mm -hmm. i mean it was it was rough yep. for everyone just to acclimate to i mean online classes you know I, I dropped out of school because of online classes. I was like, F this. I'm not doing this. <laughs> and like, you guys you guys were shitty teachers in person. Now I got to turn on my monitor and just listen to you. And like, read the book myself. Exactly. You know, that, it's funny you say that because people... So I got my uh, bachelor's and my master's uh, going online schooling. No way. Yeah, Props to you, Phoenix. man. And so many people would give me shit. Obviously, jokingly, whatever. I don't care. But people would always give me shit. They're like, you went to school online. It can't be that hard. And I'm like, yeah. Now all of you realize how freaking hard it really yeah. was. It was like holding yourself accountable and not procrastinating. Like that shit's rough, yeah. you know? And when you go to online school versus going on campus, you know, you don't, your teachers aren't going to read your four page paper. I would have a paper due every week and I'd have a PowerPoint that I had to, because you go into class once a week. So I'd have to, a PowerPoint to create to present it to my class, you know, in person too. So I'm like, screw you guys. Online is hard. No, Not it's people realize. stupid hard. And I, and I knew it was going to be hard. I was like, man, I'm going to drop off so hard because I had already done one online class at Fresno City. Um, I think the year prior or two years before and I don't I didn't like it that's mm -hmm. that's why I like this job because I'm out and about I'm social I'm like yeah. with people um but it's your personality yeah yeah <laughs> I won't shut the <laughs> up that's the problem with me <laughs> literally at our coach meetings it is it is rough because Chris and I bounce off each other. If it's me, Chris, and Joey, forget about it. Oh, yeah? Like, no one's getting a word in. It's just joke after joke after joke. No work is getting done. <laughs> that's not true. We get yeah. work done, but. See, that's how it is here all the time. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. So much fun being here. So. Uh, how? Hmm. I'm just out of questions now. You know, I was Maybe on. everything. I was on interview mode. No, uh, we were talking a little bit about the stresses of your job and just like crime being crazy right now. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's funny. We were trading a story the other day because um, I work also part-time at the Madera Chamber of Commerce. We oh, were talking yeah. about that dude who oh, lit a I fire in the back. <laughs> Madera's fucking wild, man. <laughs> this is going to be yeah. my most bleeped episode. Oh, yeah, And it's sure. just me. <laughs> but uh, it's wild. It is wild. And, you know, most people like – or people that I've gone to the academy with, like, well, there's not that much going on. I'm like, uh, you'd be surprised. I've lived here other than when I was in the military and was in San Diego for five years. But other than that, I lived here my whole life. I had never been to the east side of town. Like, I had never oh. been on that side of town. My, you know, training officers were like, you've never been to MLK? I'm like, no, I've never been to MLK. <laughs> 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 I went to a charter school. I didn't 
You went to charter school? I went to charter school. In Madeira? Yeah, like Knox Street. I've never been to Knox Street. Where's Knox? Knox. So, uh, or um, McNally Park. Oh, McNally Park. I've never been to McNally Park. I'm like, what would I have been what would I have been doing over here? Buying drugs. Exactly. Like, yeah. No, I know I've never been on this side of town. So, yeah, Madeira is wild. I never knew it. I was very sheltered as a child, though. Both my parents were Same. in law enforcement. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, no, you didn't go to McNally Park. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's hop in on that. Let's take a quick commercial break to reset the camera, and then let's hop in on what it was like to be in a law enforcement family. Oh, God, okay. Okay. The CrossFit Madeira Podcast is brought to you by Ridex Pest Control. Ridex Pest Control is your local exterminator offering affordable and effective pest control services including termite inspection, bed bug removal, and more. Contact Ridex Pest Control at 559-674-7695. That's 559-674-7695. CrossFit Madeira podcast is also brought to you by Rio Acai Bowls. Rio Acai Bowls are delicious in this coach's humble opinion. They are located at 1915 Fulton Street in Fresno, California, open from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. on most weekdays. Their phone number is 559-412-7725. That's 559-412-7725. Now let's go back to the podcast. Okay. See, I've got this down. <laughs> this, this is my, this is like my seventh episode technically because I've recorded not just my podcast but Chris's podcast and now Bo's podcast. So I've already fucked up. I, <laughs> I accidentally deleted an episode. Uh, oh no! It was a whole hour, <laughs> and I was like, Fuck. "Who was it?" It was Imani and Angie. Oh. I deleted their original episode, but they were super cool about it. They came right back and they're like let's record again and i was like all right cool <laughs> but good. now i have everything dialed in yeah nice so okay. what was it like growing up in a law enforcement family scary uh you know mostly for like you know oh yeah i used to sneak out all the time i was like i had never snuck snuck out yeah like i was scared of my parents still am scared of my parents <laughs> mom's crazy um yeah and i was you know, you went to school and you did good in school and you went to church. Like, that's the only places you went. Everybody that knows me from high school knows. Like, I was not that party person. Mm. Um, I was very, I was open about how scared I was of my parents. So, uh-huh. um, but it was nice getting to learn about law enforcement, obviously, before I became, before I went into it. So, I just speaking of, I mean, our, Dinner table conversations weren't your average dinner table conversations, you know? It was like, oh, well, who'd you rest today? Or who'd you fight today? Or, you know, who'd you rest today? So, uh, yeah, learning about it growing up, though, is what made me really want to do it. So, Is that what kind of motivated you to go the military path as well? Um, no, I always wanted to be in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, I have... I've given so many speeches about being in the military, but there was this one specific speech that I wrote about what inspired me. And it was 9-11 that inspired me to... That's true. I was in third grade at the time. And, uh, 
yeah, seeing that and seeing how it affected our country, um, just obviously inspiring. So, yeah, always wanted to do it. I knew at a very young age I wanted to do military. Um, freshman year of high school, I started talking to recruiters. Mm-hmm. Sophomore year of uh, military, I, I mean, sophomore year of high school, I started uh, going into their debt programs, which is uh, just doing training with them. It's called the delayed entry program. And then by my junior year, I had already had my date set for when I was going to leave. And then my senior year, I left three weeks after I graduated to the military. I feel like that's a really common theme with uh, people who live through 9-11 old enough to really remember it, you know, because I was born in 96. So I remember it, but I don't remember it. I was um, four. Mm-hmm. five something like that oh, yeah. yeah so i was i was a kid kid you know uh i knew that the world changed because afterwards you could sense like this shift but there's a whole generation of a, of adults now you know because they're 18 20 years old and they don't even really understand the significance Can that's okay it? no <laughs> okay. surprisingly i didn't hear that <laughs> i tried to take my headphones off once mid podcast and i and i dropped my hat on the microphone and you super loud <laughs> super loud it's ridiculous but yeah there's a whole generation that doesn't didn't live through the the shift of like 90s energy and how kind of carefree that was mm-hmm. and the early 2000s and how that was like a cultural shift for mm-hmm. sure um so freshman year you start talking to people about joining the military you joined straight out of high school mm-hmm. at what point do you come back and first of all how'd you meet dylan in high school okay in high school okay so <laughs> when you came back um were you guys already together or yeah we were all t- already together um he was actually in the military he was in the navy as well oh okay um he he went in and then i went in shortly after um, he didn't start talking to recruiters until his senior year. You know, I told him I was going to do it. And he's like, hey, that sounds sounds pretty cool. Let's do it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So then he went in or he went in before me because he graduated a year before I did. And then I went in. He left October of 2010. No, 2009. And then I left June of 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, we both got stationed in San Diego. <clears throat> Um, unfortunately we were both on ships, so we both deployed. So for two years, um, we were back and forth on deployments. I went out for a 10 month deployment, came back. He went out for eight months. He came back. I went back out for 11 months. And then when I finally came back is when we finally got married. So for the first two years going through the, um, a school, going through boot camp, and then going to your a school and then being sent out to uh, on or on sent out to deployment for two years we had seen each other for maybe eight weeks and that was broken up yeah that was total that was broken up so we saw each other before i left for deployment we saw each other before he left for deployment we saw each other right before i left for deployment so yeah two years how was that who's the needy one 
<laughs> I want to say me. Uh-huh. I want to say him, but I feel like it is me. Mm. So yeah, I yeah definitely more needy. But once you guys came back, both of you going to the police academy. Um. So once he came back, um, we got married. Okay. And then we had Nicholas. I got pregnant with Nicholas. And when Nicholas was a year, I got out. I did my four and I got out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, ah, eh, there's no way. Because Dylan deployed when Nicholas was uh, two months old. Nicholas or Dylan deployed when he was a month old. Yeah. He was a month old and then came back home when he was almost one year old. Mm. And so that was rough. And I was like, I can't do that. I, there's no way I can leave him. So I got out. Um, and that's when I went to school. <clears throat> so that's. So you joined the police academy before Dylan then? No, I joined after Dylan. So I got out. Wait, I misheard then. Sorry. I got out of the military in 2014. Uh-huh. Uh, Dylan stayed in and we went to Washington. Um, so I went to school from 2019 to, or sorry, I went to school from 2014 to 2000, jeez, eh, 19, I think it was. Mm-hmm. That's when I got my bachelor's and my master's. Dylan got out of the military in, jeez, oh, 2019 and went straight into the police academy. Mm-hmm. No, I think I'm a year ahead. Anyways, needless to say, I went to school. I went to school, and when Dylan got out of the military, is when he went into the police academy. Okay. And then I went right after I finished college. Got you. Okay. Now the timeline. Yeah. Lined up it's, in my head. It's yeah. It's a lot. It's so a yeah, little, the, I'm like I don't remember years. There's a lot going on there. Um, where'd you find the space to breathe? Um. There was none. But what was it for you then? I mean, maybe you're just built different. I, yeah, you know? like, I'm a. I like have to have. I have to have something I'm working towards. Like okay, uh, it's always. Yeah. So that's your thing. You you don't want to decompress. You want to be working towards oh, yeah, something. Oh yeah, I I'm okay. always always working towards something. Like I finish something, I'm like, okay, what's next? What are we doing? You know, like right now, not really. Kind of at a standstill. Mm-hmm. Just after COVID and. We're getting back into the routine of things. Yeah, we're but here right back, now. Yeah, but we're going in up. In the back of my head, I'm like, okay, what are we doing next? You know, is, am I going to do something? Try to do something within my department? Am I try to do something with CrossFit? Like, kind of want to do CrossFit competition. Yeah, there's so, a lot coming up now. I'm that... thinking about that too. You know, like what's next? So getting a little too eager. How do you avoid burnout? Because I feel like with myself, I've definitely seen it, and I've seen it with a lot of athletes especially in CrossFit, because it is so high intensity and it is hard to maintain. How do you avoid burning out? I don't know. I just get the motivation of, you know, I feel like my motivation is what keeps me going. Um, there are, there have been plenty of times where I'm like, I just want to stay home. And I do, you yeah. know, like if I feel like if my body's telling me to do something, I listen to it and I, you know, I stay home and I rest. Um, and I feel like that's what it is on the days that I work. I'm deep down inside. I'm like, I need to go to the gym. But my body's just so fatigued after working those 12 hours. And I'm like, you know what? I just need to go home and rest. Yeah, so. you put that ego away. Yeah, definitely. 
that's that's really good. That's really smart. And it takes um, someone who knows themselves really well to be able to do that. Because I remember the only time I've seriously hurt myself here in the gym was uh, when I was deadlifting. And this is back when like my deadlift was like peak. Mm-hmm. Like I was considering just doing powerlifting. And I was like, dude, for my weight class, I think I only weighed like 145 at the time. Yeah, I was skinny. I was small. But I could lift a lot. My bench wasn't high because we don't really train bench and CrossFit. I think it was like 215. Um, but for 145, that's not yeah, bad. Yeah, that's really good. My back squat was 275. And my deadlift was 420. Oh, wow. Yeah. So my deadlift was there. And so I just kept wanting to train it. I kept wanting to train it every day on days that weren't even deadlift yeah. days. I'm like, let me deadlift a little bit. <laughs> and I remember I was doing like f- either six sets of six or like five sets of six at 315. And on that fifth set, it was like the fifth rep. I got it up and I just felt like a, yeah. And I was like, oh, I can't, I, that's not good. And I remember I went for, but I was tired that whole day. I was tired and frustrated and I knew I just shouldn't have, well, I didn't know. I didn't know that I should have just not picked the weight up. Looking back now, I would have just not overtrained. I was super overtrained. That's when my sessions were like two hours long every day. And I was doing like two a days because I was so bought into this CrossFit Mm -hmm. thing, you know? So I think that's why I try to slow people down and tell people all the time, hey, you know, go light today. Mm -hmm. Because it's not like, it's not like you're going to go light and not going to get a good workout. Right. Just go faster. Mm -hmm. So um, that's really a, a, I was going to say amazing. And I'm like, that sounds a little, that sounds like hyperbole. No, but it is great to hear that you're able to like put yourself in check and say, hey, no, we can't do that today as much as we want to. Mm -hmm. Like we have long-term goals. I think that's what it is. You're, you're very, um, you have a very clear vision of your long-term goals. So you're not going to let short-term goals slow you down. Yeah. Is that something, how do you instill that in your kids? Um, I feel like with my kids, it's more about sticking with something is mm-hmm. what I teach them. Um, cause for a while, you know, Nicholas would, well, I want to do football, but I want to do soccer, but I want to do baseball, you know? And it's like, okay, you could do all of it, but you need to stick to it. Like you're going to, you're going to do it and you're going to do it for the whole year, yeah. you know, or you're going to stay on the team. You're going to be on the team. You're going to stick with that team until it you know, the season's over. Mm. So I feel like that's my biggest thing with them is uh, showing them uh, how to be or to be dedicated, you know, to a team or to be dedicated to a coach who's investing time in you. You know, like you give 100 percent, you go, you're there for an hour, you're going to give 100 percent that whole hour. And they do. And I feel like that's a lot of it has to do because they see us do it at the same time. Yeah. Do you think how old is Nicholas now? He's seven. Do you think they like get that their parents are like police officers who like do all this stuff and also do all this? Or do you think they don't really like, I mean, obviously that's the norm for them. I don't think they realize, I don't think they realize it. I mean, obviously they realize what we do and, you know, they're always telling us, okay, be safe, you know, come home safe or. That's sweet. um, But I don't think they realize 
it's not the I, I don't want to boast myself by any means but i don't feel like they they re- they don't realize that it's not what the average person does that's definitely not the norm you know? no i don't think they realize that i think if I mean, they think everybody does everybody's like that you know yeah which is a great position to be in mm-hmm. if you're living like here at this like you know revolutions per minute and other people normally live here i think that's why that's probably why it's easy for you to not burn out too, mm-hmm. you know? I didn't do any sports in high school. I didn't do no. nothing. No athletic background at all. I didn't even like sports. I mean, I liked moving around, but I didn't even, I didn't watch s- sports or anything. Mm-hmm. So I think when I got into MMA and then I got into CrossFit, I went too hard and I burned myself out. And I'm not used, I wasn't used to working that hard. So mm-hmm. I burned out versus somebody like you and maybe Dylan. I I don't know. We got to get him on the podcast to hear his story. (laughs) But you're used to operating at these revolutions per minute that are above normal people. Well, now that you say that, like probably does come from, you know, um, at my adolescence, you know, I was at a very young age. uh, Well, my mom was going to college when I was 14. And mm-hmm. then she had my brother, my little brother at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a lot of the responsibility at 14 fell on me, you know, because not that it was pressured upon me, like, hey, you have to do this and this and this and this, in the sense it was. But at the same time, it was also just my personality to be like, hey, mom, yeah. what else do you need me to do? Or, hey, mom, mm-hmm. I'll do this. Or, you know, I'll take, you know, take the baby. Like, so, I mean, I was always in sports, um, always trying to get good grades, um, I was always, I've always been in honors and AP classes. Mm. And so my, I mean, my parents would have to come in and be like, hey, you need to go to sleep. Stop cleaning your room, Mm -hmm. you know, or go to sleep. Stop reading that book. Or so I don't know, maybe just growing. That's how I grew up. Like it was always go, go, go. Like you went to school and then you went to practice and then you came home and, you know, you had to clean and you had to cook and then you had to do homework and, you know, Fridays you were at football games and then you had to come home and do more homework and I mean when you're in AP and honors classes you have homework over the weekend too so like staying focused on that so I don't know maybe just you know never getting that I I was never that you never slowed down yeah no I was never that child that just went home and watched tv all day like I was always doing something you Mm. know and even at a young age I mean I was always I've always ran and like worked out because I was never the skinny girl, mm. you know, when being sick was in, wasn't in. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know what's crazy is I was watching this old movie with somebody. It was either my sister or yeah, I think it was my sister. We were watching the original Coming to America. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you see like most of the models that are like lined up for like Eddie Murphy to like marry, <laughs> like for Prince Hakim, um, they're all super skinny. Yeah. And you're like. What the f***? Because yeah. that, that's not the standard at all now. Oh, no, no. So, yeah, I was, you know, my cousins were all size double zeros. And mm. I'm like, I'm a four. I'm a six. Mm-hmm. So I was, I've always had to, I've always felt like I had to work out. And mm. so, yeah, maybe just that mentality growing up and just stuck with me. Like feeling like you had to work hard. Yeah. To reach your just standard. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I feel like I was going to say, I don't want to use the word. I felt like I had to. I feel like I always wanted to. Yeah. Well, that's always that's always way better. It's way better to feel like, oh, I want to do all this stuff mm-hmm. versus like I have to. Like 
Nowadays, I coach two classes a day. I run this podcast. I run CrossFit Madera social media. I work out myself um, and I'm trying to balance everything in between. But I don't mind it because yeah. I like doing this, mm. you know, versus I used to work at Lowe's before this. And I always use Lowe's as an example because that was the <laughs> job I ever worked. It's not even like I, I hated it. That's not even a bad job. It's not a bad job. I didn't hate it. But compared to this, yeah. it was <laughs> because I'd go in and I have so many stories of like customers being ass when they didn't need to be. I'm like, dude, I am nice. <laughs> I'm a nice Yeah, if you're nice mean to me, to me <laughs> like I have been smiling at you this whole conversation. <laughs> Do not yell at me about your pain. <laughs> oh, welcome to law enforcement. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet. <laughs> we won't get into that. We don't have to. We won't get into that. But um, going back to that point is it is way better to feel like you want to do all that stuff than you have to. Mm -hmm. Have to is always is always going to make you say no. Yeah. Well, and that's probably another huge factor is, you know, like I love my job. So mm. going to work isn't doesn't feel like a chore to me, you know. Mm. So maybe maybe the fact that I love it so much and, you know, it doesn't I mean, it's just it's just exhausting because it's 12 hours and you're yeah. on the go. You're you're moving all day long, you yeah. know. And so that part, that's the exhausting part. Sometimes you don't you don't get that chance to eat, so you're just dragging because you don't have any energy mm. in your body now, you know. So that's the exhausting part of it. But the fact of going to work and you know, it, you want to be there, like it's an enjoyable place, you know. Yeah. You and I don't know, that's obviously a family in itself. So it doesn't feel doesn't feel always feel like a job, you know. Do you feel like, how should I word this? So the same way you say, it doesn't always feel like a job. I feel like here, even though it is always hard, it doesn't always feel like a workout. No. and that, that, It's weird. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. It doesn't, like it's tough, but you, you enjoy it. Like, yeah. Not you only. Are, you don't. You don't come in like, ugh, I have to work out. Yeah. I'm gonna sit here and curl or I'm going to sit here and run on the treadmill. It's fun. Yeah, well, I think it's because you're engaged. Mm -hmm. I think it's because it's not just working out. It's like you're learning, you know, like when you were talking about education, I wanted to circle back to that. And now we have. Circle um, back? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um I always felt most engaged in my classes where I saw the practical application of what I was learning. So my associates is in communications um, and my bachelor's was in multimedia. So obviously I can, I, both are at use mm -hmm. right now. Um, but I remember I always hated my biology classes because I'm like, okay, mitochondria is a powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> cool. Where am I going to use that besides yeah. making that joke? <laughs> Versus... There were a lot of theories in interpersonal communication classes that were like, well, when you're speaking to someone and when you're disseminating information, you don't want to speak in terms that people won't understand. Even if you know big words, what good is it going to do me to say, okay, guys, make sure you're getting internal rotation of your shoulder as you press to a 90 degree angle. Like, no, let me just show you. Yeah. <laughs> let me show you and let me say like, Bend your elbow, bend your shoulder, mm -hmm. you know, butt back versus, you know, rotation of the hip, like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
speak the language of the people. Yeah. I feel like when you come here and we do something that doesn't seem taxing, like for example, handstand walk practice. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about that earlier too. It doesn't seem like it's going to be crazy hard. What do you do? You just kick your feet up. You hold yourself on your hands. But focusing on every little muscle fiber, doing exactly what you want it to do, that's where the work is. And in that sense, like, I feel like when you come here, it's not intimidating. Mm-hmm. You know, you come in and it's like, there's always people that are learning. There's very humbled people here. Um I mean, and there's definitely those that are very competitive, which is also nice, you know, because you're like, come on, let's go. What are we doing today? Let's see, you know, let's see who can be faster or let's see who can get, you know, most round or um, who can get the most weight. So, I mean, there's best of both worlds in that sense. So, Which do you think, I shouldn't say that. I keep asking, oh, which do you prefer or whatever to people? And it's like, I don't want to. a little bit of both. A little bit of both? For me, it's a little bit of both. Um, Obviously, people who are the competitors you aspire to be as competitive as them or, you know, do what they, uh, be in the competitions that they've been in or excel as far as they have. Um, but then there's also that humbling part, um, where you're like, okay, I'm not good at that. Let's, you know, can you help me out? You know, being able to stand up and say that. Yeah. So I feel like this is a place that definitely encourages that Mm because I know how hard it is to ask even now, you know, I, I like doing um, Andrew's kickboxing classes after my 9 a.m. class because that's where I started and that's where I've lost a lot of like technique. I feel like I'm coming back into it as a newbie, mm-hmm. but in a good way. I feel fear sometimes asking, oh, how should I do this? Well, I know I shouldn't because here that's that's like how it goes. Mm-hmm. That's part of being here. Part of here is not just asking me, but asking your neighbor because coaches have this bad habit of being so good at at one particular thing. Like today I had uh, Danny doing muscle-up progression, and it's so easy for me to pull myself to the rings and do a muscle-up that I forget, oh, I have to meticulously explain, no, your false grip goes over the ring, you keep your elbow straight, pull towards your sternum, push out, push your chest through. At the same time, bring your legs towards you. That's the point I missed today. Mm-hmm. And for him, I saw I saw struggles and I saw where he was good. Part of being a member here is also watching other people because we don't have mirrors. Mm-hmm. So your only mirror is other people. It's like, am I squatting like that? Or yeah. Am I squatting like that? <laughs> you know, am I squatting the way he demonstrated or that squat over there? Yeah. Not Not judging, but saying, oh, they're getting their hips that low, I should get them that low. Mm-hmm. Or they're not bending their knee that much. Let me make sure I am. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing I feel like you have here is there's coaches all around you, like mm-hmm. even people who aren't labeled as a coach, you know? Yeah. But people see, hey, I like the way she's doing that. She makes it look really easy. Or I like the way he's doing that. He does that very well. And people are, they do come up to you and they do ask you like, hey, can you help me out? And there's always people like, hell yeah, yeah, I'll help you out. Like, no worries. Like, this is how I do it. Feel free to do it this way, so on and so forth. So um, that's definitely a plus too, you know, like you don't have to always go to, you don't feel like you always have to go to the coach because this coach is working with somebody else. So there's plenty of people around here that are willing to help you out along the way too. 
I know it was a long time ago, but going back to CrossFit, like your first day, was there ever a movement, a anything that you were like, because uh, you come from an athletic background already. You already, you dipped your toes in every single part of the pool. Was there ever one part where you're like, I don't know about that? Um, I would say the form of a power clean, hmm. like getting underneath the bar and, you know, jumping and you obviously in the beginning you feel goofy. Yeah. You know, you're like, I don't think I'm doing this right. Like I don't again, I don't look like her. I'm not doing it like she is. Yeah, you know? good point. And um so that was huge for me. Um I've I've always had like lower body strength being a dancer, you know, mm. you have legs, you know. So for me, my upper body strength was always a weakness. Mm. So seeing people do rope climbs, I'm like, I'll never be able to do that. Never. I'm, I, you know, I, I had already instilled it in my head. Like, I'm not going to be able to do that. There's no way. Yeah. I don't have the upper body strength until I learned the form of it. And it's like, oh, it's not really upper body strength. Like, yeah. it is upper body strength, but it's not, you know, entirely about upper body strength. And um, with the assistance of coaches, I was able to do it. So, yeah. So, let's see how much time do we have left. I'm like, I just got this phone. So, I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's right. I got to open it with my face. <laughs> We have about three minutes left and then, you know, we'll have to turn the camera off, say goodbye. So if you were to say one closing statement, not just, not just on CrossFit, because at the end of the day, we're not just, we're not just CrossFitters here. Like we're people and we all acknowledge that. That's part of what makes this experience cool is that you're around people. You know, what is one takeaway you think you, you have taken from this gym and put into being a mom and being an officer and vice versa? Um, you have, you get to meet people who come from all different times of backgrounds, um, have all different types of aspects. Um, and so I feel like just learning from those different, getting to meet those people and then learning from them, uh, building a relationship with them. Um, I feel like that's what separates this gym ultimately from any other gym that anybody would really go to like you come in and you see people you see the same people here every day you know and it's not oh I come to the gym and I just see my coach like you see all the coaches all the time you get to meet them and you know it's not like oh Bo's the owner he never comes in he is always in here or Chris only does martial arts so I don't get to see him no he's always here you know and you get to meet his wife and same with Garrett and Briseida you know you they're always here you always get to see them so I feel like this gym has a lot more to give than just, oh, come in and get a get a good workout. Like, there's so much more to this place than just that. So. All right. Well, that's pretty much our time right there. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode of the CrossFit Madera podcast. This has been Coach Marco. And Priscilla. And we'll see you guys next time at the gym.